What positions do the Utes need to target in the transfer portal? We're talking about that on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wichita, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking all things the transfer portal. The Utes have had some players hit the transfer portal, but today we're going to be talking about where this Utah football team, Kyle Whittingham and his staff, are going to be looking in the portal, what particular positions they're going to be looking at and players they want to bring in and add to the 2023 Utah football team. And in order to help me dive into that, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor, Dante Guardi. And Dante, I think the first big one, because it's the one the coaches have specifically mentioned the most, there's been other ones they have talked about, but one they have mentioned the most is wide receiver. I think wide receiver is the one where you saw Chris Reed enter the portal. You saw another guy too, and I can't believe I'm just blanking on his name, but um, you saw Taekwon Gilmore. Thank you. Yeah, Taekwon Gilmore. Thank you. So Gilmore entered the portal too. So for this team now, you know, lost a couple guys there. And I think this is because, look, this team had talked about wanting to add guys, wanting to improve in that market. So I do see, like, wide receiver is the one they're looking at. We've heard a lot of rumors about Trey John Bridges, the former Oklahoma, turned Juco product because of different things that came up at Oklahoma, some allegations. And as we I discussed earlier this week with Sammy, if the coaches feel good about adding him after looking at the situation, I trust their judgment and the program's judgment of that entire situation. So, but just stick focusing on the wide receiver need overall. If you want to bring in another elite guy, I'm good with that. If we're looking at Utah's receivers right now, Devon Bailey is the unquestioned number one. Money Parks is the unquestioned two. Then you kind of get this interesting clog at three where I'm curious to see, is it going to be Mikey Matthews, the freshman who flashed in the spring game? It's going to be Mikai Cope, a guy who's got some experience of these three guys we're going to talk about buying for the third spot, who's been on the field for some big games in the past. Or is it going to be Emory Simmons, who's coming in the Indiana and North Carolina transfer, who comes over after having a productive season with them. I'm very curious to see who the third receiver on this team is going to be. So, but like I said, I mean, those are kind of those five guys you feel really good about. And then there's a couple like Sydney and Banisor is a guy I would love to see more of. Just got a great physical profile. And I think the little, like when you just watch him warm up, you're just like, man, I'd love to see that guy out there. But so there's some younger guys on this team, but I understand if they want to add another veteran who's proven who's who's done a lot of things because like i said they're getting that in simmons but adding a guy with the ceiling of bridges a former five star i absolutely get wanting to do that yeah adding Trajan bridges i think is a very low risk high reward situation when you look at the current state of the utah wide receiver room i mean last year they had the, i mean devon Vale was fantastic money parks did his thing at the end of the year so i feel really good about those two and i feel really good about zip simmons as well like i mean he had 400 something yards at indiana yeah. last year despite their horrific quarterback play now yeah. he's going to utah which has just, I mean, much better quarterback play. And that's not even a testament to Utah. That's just more about how bad Indiana was last season. So, I mean, I feel really comfortable with him there as well. We saw what Mikey Matthews did in the spring game, demanding a lot of targets early on in his career, which is a great sign. So I feel really comfortable there. And even without Trey John Bridges, I'll still feel comfortable. But with him, it's even just just better because, you know, the high ceiling that he has, former five-star recruit. So, I mean, that's just a fantastic addition for Utah if they're able to, to close that deal. So, I mean, with him, I feel comfortable, even more comfortable. Without him, I feel comfortable as well. I mean, there's not really a lot of question marks, I don't think. I think we know 
Devon Vale is going to be the bona fide one. I think we're going to yes. see um, a target share increase for Money Parks. Mikey Matthews, like you said, can do some things. And I think Zip Simmons is going to fit, fit really well in that kind of Jalen Dixon role, getting those jet sweeps, red zone work, stuff like that, where it's every single time you see him get the ball, you're just expecting a touchdown because that's what Jalen Dixon did last year. And I think Zip Simmons can really uh, find a, find a similar role in this offense and make a similar impact. I totally agree with you. And I think the biggest thing for all of these positions is I, I'm kind of feel like, oh yeah, Utah could add a guy. I don't feel like there's any position on the roster where Utah needs to add a guy to make or break their season. Because when you're looking at their two deep on both sides of the ball, I like the guys they got. It's maybe if there's an injury at a position of two, that's where I'm like, maybe it'd be nice to have kind of an extra piece there. And you can always improve and grow your roster. But if they don't pick up a single guy in the portal, Dante, I still feel really good about this Utah football team for this coming season. A thousand percent. There's no reason not to, you know, 18 returning starters, yeah. only a few guys leaving. Obviously Clark leaving is tough and Dalton mm -hmm. leaving is tough, but you got Brant Keithy, who has been the best tight end in the Pac-12 before Dalton Kikade even got to Utah. And you got Miles Battle coming in out of pick six in the spring game. You got guys making plays all over the field, showing that they're going to pick up the slack where uh, Utah's kind of kind of lost some guys. And even Mohamed Diabate, you got Giovanni Daimuni coming in. You're expecting mm -hmm. a, a big jump in production out of Lander Barton and Karene Reed. So, I mean, this roster is so sound. And I really don't understand why a lot of the media is kind of sleeping on Utah this year, whereas like mm -hmm. last season, for example, there was a lot of hype. Whereas this season, it feels like it's a little bit more dumbed down despite Utah returning a ton of starters, a ton of production, and being the back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions, whereas it's like, you look at USC, like how much better is USC going to get? Like Caleb Williams, fantastic player. But the thing is, how can you expect him to be better than he already is? Like, he, I, I feel like he's already reached that ceiling to the point where it's like, if we see him just get any better, it's going to be the greatest college football player we've ever seen. And I really yeah. don't think we're going to be seeing an exponential production because he's already just so dang good and so elite. Like, I just don't think that we're going to be getting a much better version of Caleb Williams than we already have. And then it's like USC, you already know, like Alex Grinch is coming back. I, I don't care about the guys they're adding. Alex Grinch is still the defense coordinator. We saw what Utah did to his defense last season. Utah's got a, a ton of guys coming back, including their quarterback, just going to be more and more comfortable in this Andy Ludwig offense. And I think that it's just going to be just going to be beautiful to watch this Utah football team play because I don't think the Pac-12 defenses are very good. I think Utah's able to score at will. And with the experience that Utah is just gaining on defense as the years go on, adding a guy like Giovanni Daimuni, adding, adding a miles battle, getting Nate Ritchie back. I mean, this defense is going to get exponentially better. They're much more experienced now. And we saw the way that they progressed last season. You know, I think that Utah has a very good chance to be the most efficient defense in the Pac-12 and a top three most efficient offense in the Pac-12, probably trailing Washington USC just because those two teams are just so explosive. But I do think that those two defenses will probably not be in the top five of the Pac-12. They weren't last year. Mm -hmm. Washington had a good pass rush. That was it. Their secondary was horrific. USC, same thing. Great pass rush, really good at forcing turnovers. Their secondary, horrific. USC loses their best corner, Mikai Blackman. I mean, these teams have holes to fill on yep. defense, whereas Utah has either already filled them or didn't have a hole to begin with. So I'm really excited to see how the way the Pac-12 shapes out because I do think that, honestly, Utah has just as good of a chance to win the conference as they did last year, if not a better one, just because of how much more experience and the familiarity with the roster and just adding subtle pieces where it's needed. They're adding guys to just fill the holes and they know who they have already. And they're going to emphasize those players, whether it's Cam Rising, Devon Vele, Jaquin and Jackson. We have, we now see catching passes. I mean, I, I really think that we could see Jaquin and Jackson as the most efficient running back in the nation. Obviously Utah's got a little bit more of a committee thing going. So he's not going to be getting a ton of carries, stuff like that. He's not, he's not going to be getting a Zach Moss workload, but I do think that on an efficiency basis, I mean, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry last year. I would not be shocked to see that go up to seven. You got to, you got to realize he didn't play running back till that Arizona State game last year. And we just saw him 
exponentially grow as the season progressed. Now he's catching passes, making guys miss in the open field. Like Jaquinn Jackson is going to be a monster for this team. And nobody is really talking about him in the media. We've seen a few things here and there, but I really do think he's a top three running back in the entire nation. And on an efficiency level, he could be the best running back in the nation in terms of yards per carry and yards per catch, things like that. I really think that we're going to see a fantastic year out of Quentin Jackson. And honestly, the rest of this Utah team, there isn't a hole on this team. If anything, I'd point to the offensive line to maybe add one more guy there. But I do still think that there's enough competition in that room where it's iron sharpens iron and whoever the five that are going to be out there, whoever, whatever five is going to be out there, I have faith in them because we've seen the way Jim Harding has progressed these offensive lines over the past few years. The only thing I'm a little bit worried about is, Satao Lomea, I don't feel as comfortable with him as I did with Braden Daniels. You know, we saw Braden Daniels just play a bunch of different positions, just get better as time went on. Satao Lomea hasn't really had that level of um, pass protection production as Braden Daniels did in his earlier years before moving to a more important spot. So I think that's the only real hole that I can think of. But other than that, I mean, this team is just loaded with experience, loaded with talent. So, I mean, the sky's the limit, honestly. We see, we saw Muhammad Diabate have the best broad jump in the entire combine. We saw um, Brandon Daniels run the second fastest 40-yard dash out of any offensive lineman. Like beforehand, it was Utah was doing um, was doing more with less. Now they're doing more with more. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. It's it's just been awesome to watch the progression of this unit. And, uh, I mean, big things are big things are coming. I absolutely agree. And I, I think when you talk, like you said, why do we feel so good when you lose players like Clark Phillips and Dalton Kincaid? Because you're replacing them with Brant Keithy, with Miles Battle, Mahmoud Diabate, Leavani Dooney. The one guy you didn't really replace was a Brain Daniels, to your point. But you trust that's a Tal Almea, another year at tackle. He'll get better at the right side. Falcon Kalmatule has been biding his time for a while. It's like he's ready. If those guys aren't, Jaron Kump's got some experience there. So if that's the one I feel the least confident in it's still like well there's still all these other viable candidates that i trust and i trust in jim hardy so you feel good in that regard and yeah i think the only other position that we've heard utah might kick kick the tires on this portal on offense is the tight ends but look that one-two punch should once again be one of the best in college brant keithy could very well be i mean brock bowers is incredible but after that i think brant keithy those two guys are going to be the dudes at the tight end position thomas yasmin came on really strong late in the season especially with the explosive plays you look at what mickey sugaturaga is going to do as a replacement for logan kendall then you got guys like noah benny and isaac asiata whom i also feel good about and feel like they can do some things in the tight end spot too if utah wants to add another guy through the portal i understand that that position as well and uh you know the guy in sadu treora who was at colorado is now transferring there so maybe that that since it didn't work out there they'll want to bring him in and see how that'll all work out but either way it's going to be really interesting to see what this utah team decides to do on the offensive side of the ball and as i mentioned are there players they could bring in potentially yeah if they don't i still feel really good about the spot this team is at so that's how we feel about the offensive side of the ball but do we have the same confidence with the defensive side of the ball we're going to touch on that in a moment but first want to talk to you guys about our friends at built bar Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but you got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You guys can head over to Bilt.com to pick up your box of Bilt bars today or order them. Or you can just drive over to your local Smith's or Sam's Club and see all the great offers they have on Bilt bars. So once again, head to Bilt.com or your local Smith's or Sam's Club to get some healthy and delicious Bilt bars. Dante, looking at the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned the 18 returning starters. 
most of those are on the defensive side of the ball. It's amazing how much talent this Utah team retains on the defensive side of the ball. And if you're looking at who they lost, like we talked about, Clark's gone. Miles Battle steps in. Then you look at in the safety spot, you don't you lose RJ Hubert, who then steps in his place is Sione Vaki, who looked sensational at the end of the season. So for defensive positions where I feel like the team needs to kick the tires, I think the biggest thing I want to see is just them add some safety depth. I feel really good about three of our safeties. I feel really good about Sione Vaki. I feel great about Cole Bishop, obviously, too. And then I think Nate Ritchie, by the time the season rolls around, will get back up to speed. But I think if there's an injury or two, I think this is where Clayton Isabel was going to be a nice luxury for this team. If you have an injury, if a guy has to miss a game that you feel confident in having a free safety kind of step and you can be rangy and provide some coverage, that's where I really want the team to go and add it. But once again, I'm not like sounding the alarms if they don't because you got Darian Blue, Stewart, and Jonathan Hall, both who made a couple games, plays in the spring game. And I think if given the opportunity, I think they would step in. But that's really the one position on defense for me that if I was running the Utah football team, I would be like, man, I'd like to get like a veteran backup safety. One of the dudes using his fourth or fifth year of eligibility to kind of come in and who wants to try to get another Pac-12 championship and might have an opportunity to contribute a little bit. I couldn't agree more, honestly, because I do think that we're going to see Nate Ritchie um, be a lot better than people are expecting. Like, I, I think that the whole mission thing is kind of blown out of proportion, like the get back to it thing. Like we saw Chase Hansen go on a mission. We saw Brandon Covey go on a mission. They didn't lose a step when they got back. I'm yes. expecting a similar thing out of Nate Ritchie. You know, he played a lot of snaps his true freshman season, that 2020 uh, COVID year, and he, he played well. I mean, he wasn't a fantastic safety. He wasn't a staple on Utah's defense by any means, but he he had he produced some really quality plays, some really quality reps. So I'm looking forward to see what he, seeing what he can do. But I do agree with you um, in the fact that Utah should probably add another one just to be a little bit safer when it comes to fatigue and injuries as the season progresses. Because when you look at the ones on Utah's defense, it's fantastic. But you are completely correct. One or two injuries, the next thing you know, the season um, it could could just derail a little bit. You know, we see these explosive Pac-12 offenses. You got guys like Romo Dunes at Washington. You got a Mario Williams at USC. Guys who are just absolute burners. And if Utah's not 100% at the safety position or has some some liabilities back there, it could turn out to um, prove vital and prove vital in Utah's season. So I would like to see them add another veteran presence, kind of like a miles battle, but for the safety position, somebody who has experience playing in a quality conference, somebody who has multiple years of experience and can just simply make plays. We saw miles battle get a pick six in the spring game. So, I mean, if Utah's able to add another safety, it would just make my confidence just a lot better regarding the room. But I feel very good about um, the three starters, whether uh, being Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki and Nate Ritchie. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And as it pertains to the other positions, I think the only way you add someone is if it's just one of those dudes where it's like, man, this guy's in the portal and he wants to come to our school like one of the dudes out there, then you do it because defensive line wise, I feel good about our defensive tackles. I even feel good about our defensive ends. I think if you look, if there was some pass rusher who had over 10 sacks last season, who has a fallout with the school and you want to kick the tires on him, I think that makes a lot of sense. Linebacker wise, I mean, gosh, I mean, with the way Justin Medlock has played, I'd be shocked if this team added another linebacker and Look, cornerback wise, once again, only if there's like a can't miss guy because you feel good about the main three guys you got and the depth when you include the freshmen that are coming come in here too and Smith Snowden and CJ Blocker, feel good about that as well. So it just kind of goes to the theme you were talking about, Dante, where we feel really good about the position this Utah football team is in. And I know there's a lot of rumors about they'll add this in the portal, they'll add that in the portal. And the truth is they I don't know how much they will add in the portal because I don't feel like they need that much because they are two-time Pac-12 champs bringing in their best recruiting class they've ever brought in loaded with talent. Yeah, as you said, I mean, like like you said, so the thing with this team basically is that – I'm sorry, I completely blanked just now. <laughs> um, holy – oh, my goodness. I 
repeat what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying this team's in a great position. I mean, when you look at all the talent they have on the roster currently, all the recruits that are coming in, I feel good if this team doesn't add a player in the portal. And if they do, great. I just feel really indifferent about it unless it's one of these elite game changers that every team is going to want on their team. 100%. I, I could not agree more. Like we said, there's so much experience coming back, so much talent coming back, and you don't want to ruin the chemistry with, with what the players already have. You don't want to add a player who's just going to add drama to the locker room, be demanding playing time. I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy when he's only been here for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever it might be. You don't want to mess up the chemistry that this team has already built, winning back-to-back Pac-12 champions, championships, like you said. So, I mean, I'm not looking for them to add a ton of players. You know, maybe just a couple guys here and there, as you said, just people that are going to be hot commodities in the portal, guys who really want to come to Utah, whatever that might be. We saw Cody Epps, BYU wide receiver, enter the transfer portal. I would not be mad if he came to Utah. Uh, Modern-day kid, really good football program down in Southern California. So um, had a good season last year as well. So I would not be complaining if Cody Epps were to take his talents to Utah. But, I mean, as for the other positions, I mean, like you said, I couldn't agree more, honestly. I mean, this team is already just so loaded with experience and talent. The only real necessities – or there aren't really any real necessities for the portal for this team, um, but – if they were to add somebody, I would like it to be somebody who's going to just dominate right away, somebody that you need to get because they're just such a hot commodity and so many teams are going after them in the portal. I absolutely agree. So we feel good about the position this team is in, and it'll be interesting to see how they watch and monitor the transfer portal. You know what else was really interesting, Dante? The 2023 NFL draft as it pertains to Utah football players. Some guys fell more than they should have, uh-huh, Clark Phillips, but – some guys also went where we expected them to go and landed in a great spot. How about Dalton going to the Bills? I've raved on this show a lot already how great of a fit I think it is. What was your reaction to Dalton heading to Buffalo? Yeah, so I was a little bit uh, surprised that Buffalo picked him just mainly because they just made uh, Knox like the fifth highest paid tight end in the league. But then I read more into it, and it looks like they're going to be using Dalton and Kate in a bunch of different ways. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because the Bills ranked dead last in 12 personnel used last season. So they want to make their offense a little bit more versatile. They have to because we saw the way they got shut down in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals. They had a really, really horrific football game that day because their offense was just so compact and just not – not very explosive, not very versatile. Now you're adding Dalton Kincaid. I heard they might be using him in the backfield. They're going to be using him as a fullback, using him as a, as a tight end, as a running wow. back. You saw the way Ben Skoranek was kind of used in that role for the Rams last year. And a lot of teams are kind of just looking at that and trying to model it, just trying to make their offense more versatile. When you already have players like Stefan Diggs, a quarterback like Josh Allen who can throw it to the moon, basically. I mean, that offense is already explosive. Adding Dalton Kincaid and using him in versatile ways is just going to make it so much better. And I'm really excited to see what they can do because you know how excited the Bills GM was to draft him. I mean, they traded up to get him. They, they thought the Cowboys were going to get him, and you saw the Cowboys' uh, room reaction to the pick. They were not happy. They wanted Dalton Kincaid, and then they kind of scrambled, and they ended up picking a defensive tackle. So um, I think that Dalton Kincaid is just going to be an explosive player. There's not really any ifs, ands, or buts. We know his game. We know what he can do just to thread all three levels of the field, and I think that using him in a versatile role, just getting him, getting him the ball and just spacing the offense out is going to really benefit Buffalo, especially because we've seen them kind of get – be really good in the regular season. And as soon as they have to play like an elite team and have to really, um, really face uh, adversity throughout a game, they kind of fold. And I think that just adding another versatile piece is going to kind of solve that problem. And we're going to see this offense just get even more explosive. I agree. Great fit for Dalton. And look, even though Clark fell in the draft, I think he lands in a really good spot with Atlanta where he can slide in, be their nickel corner. AJ Terrell and Jeff Okuda are going to have all the pressure in the eyes on them. So Clark isn't expected to come in and be the savior of a secondary, basically, which I think is a really nice thing for him early on to grow and develop in his career into an NFL corner. And this is a guy who should have gone a lot higher. They'll victim to all the 
combine and testing numbers and height stuff then when you watch the film i think the film there's a reason when we were just talking about the film and on the field product this dude was originally a first round pick and i think he'll prove those doubters wrong too and then looking at Braden daniels i think washington getting a new owner i really like ron rivera there's some uncertainty on that offensive line i think there's a chance he could push for playing time in year one but more than anything else i just think he's a reliable depth piece there so i, I feel really good about where the other two guys got drafts do dante yeah, I love the commander's draft person. I thought picking Emmanuel Forbes at 16 was a great pick. And Brandon Daniels, obviously a fantastic player. I love his play style and just his versatility. You could put him wherever and getting him in the fourth round, honestly, is just fantastic value there. They also got Arkansas center who's pretty good. So I like the commander's draft. I like Brandon Daniels going there because, like you said, offensive line's a little bit shaky. He could end up coming in and just doing his thing. We saw him dominate at Utah. We saw him dominate in both ways at Utah during the, in the run game and in, and in pass pro. So I think that um, – his intangibles are going to match up really well at the guard position. You can use him as a run blocker. I mean, we, like I touched on earlier, second fastest 40 yard dash out of any offensive lineman at the combine. And the one guy that beat him was the 14th overall pick. So, I mean, you're getting really good value for a great talent in the fourth round and a guy who can just be a, who could be a creator in the run game and is serviceable in pass production because of how quick his feet are. He can seal off guys that are trying to cross the face, do whatever um, is asked. And then, with uh, with Clark, like you said, Jeff Okuda and AJ Terrell are still there. I mean, Jeff Okuda was what the third overall pick not too long yeah. ago. AJ Terrell was one of the best rookie corners a couple of seasons ago. So I mean, they got they got a lot of hype coming around them, and I do think that's where Clark is going to work best. That's in the slot with his head down, just going to work and blocking out the outside noise because that's what we saw him do at Utah. You know, mm-hmm. he had a lot of a lot of hype coming in, and he lived up to it. Now it's the hype's going to be just like just going to be what he creates, I think, because there are, there isn't a lot of pre predetermined hype about his fourth round pick. But I do think that as time goes on, we're going to see him make plays in the preseason. And I mean, the combine stats weren't even that bad. Like the 40 yard dash was a little bit, was a little bit iffy, but like, I mean, he did pretty well in all the other things and the height. I mean, it is what it is. Fine in all the games. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you look at the production, it's like a guy like that should be going in the first round every single time. I understand why you'd want to pick certain players over him. Like, I mean, I probably had him at like, probably the fifth or sixth best corner, just because this cornerback class is so ridiculous good. It is unfair how good some of these players are. I mean, I was saying it before the season that this cornerback class or this college football season, it's going to be the year of the corners. The Big 12 or the Big, the Big 10 had so many elite corners. It was ridiculous. We saw Devin Witherspoon get picked really early. We saw Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. should have gotten much higher than he did, honestly. That was honest. That was that was very weird, too. But I agree. So many great corners in this class, and it was just Clark cut the short end of the stick, but then there were a couple that were just mind-boggling to me. Like Mikai Blackman should not be getting picked over Clark Phillips. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. Julius Brench from Kansas State, a good player as well, but the production just doesn't even compare to what Clark did at Utah. So, I mean, there's just I, I understand it to an extent, but I, at, at, at a certain point, it's like a fourth-round pick for a player with that type of production, a player that works as hard as he does. It's kind of ridiculous. So I do think that he's going to pretty severely outperform his draft stock and end up being one of the better corners from this class. Definitely feels like it's going to be exciting to see what they can do. Mahmoud Diabate is another guy who went undrafted, but feels like with the Browns, they're one of these weird teams where they could be really good this season if everything clicks, and Mahmoud will have a chance to be a part of that if he can end up making the roster, which I just think because of his athletic profile, he's going to have a chance to do. If you guys want to check out more of Dante's stuff, make sure you guys give him a follow at Dante Guardi on Twitter, and you can check out all his great work at Ute Zone. Dante, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you, JT. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. But on tomorrow, we're going to be diving into more of the recruits who recently committed to the University of Utah football program. That's on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. We'll see you then.